0: Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. We talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Jeremy Levy, who's a co-founder of Indicative. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Good, Matt. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. I'm looking forward to learning more about what you're working on. For people that haven't heard of Indicative, what are you working on? What's Indicative?
1: Sure. So we are a product analytics platform designed specifically for modern data infrastructure. So what that means is we have a SaaS product where customers can connect their data about the customer journey from their data warehouse, from Snowflake, from BigQuery, into our platform. And then what we allow our product teams to be able to conduct analysis about how their customers are using their product. So this is an- helping them answer things like, what are the touch points across the customer journey that help increase things like subscription purchase? Or why are people dropping off at this stage? What are the touch points that help drive outcomes? And we do that for teams that don't rec- Require uh, data scientists, data analysts, people who don't know SQL. Or otherwise, we aim to make it really easy for product teams to build better products.
0: And tell me a little bit about the the origin story here. Um, you know, this is very needed. I I've been in several roles where I like I would use this as a, as a potential customer. So I'm kind of curious, how would you kind of get here, and what's the origin story of Indicative?
1: Sure. So, you know, Indicative really was born out of our own pain points and needs. Um, I, prior to Indicative, I had founded, co-founded two other startups. The first one we started was a, the first mobile dating company for iPhone and Android. And a couple of years after that, we started the first uh, mobile CRM for enterprise. Suffice to say, in both of these businesses, we are collecting a huge amount of data about how our customers are interacting with our products. And, you know, not to date myself too much here, but this is before something like a data scientist or that name had even been coined. And for us really to make use of that data, to help us inform the decisions that we're making around our product required us to take engineers, literally people who were also working on our product, and have them build tools for us internally to conduct analysis. So the short story is we had a huge amount of data but we really struggled with how to make use of it in terms of this notion of being data-driven. And so effectively indicative is the culmination of our own frustration around helping other companies use the data they have on their customers so that they can be data-driven in building better products.
0: And walk me through a little bit about, you know, if someone was to use um, the product, you know, sign up for Indicative, can you kind of walk us through an average like user experience for a customer? Just so if someone's listening, they're like, oh, I need this, you know, but what does this look like? Can you kind of walk us through what what it looks like? Sure. So Indicative is unique in that we're the only product analytics platform that's
1: built for main data infrastructure. And what that means is that if a customer has their event data by way of using a CDP or if they're collecting that information themselves by way of a JavaScript snippet and so on, they can come to our site, they start our onboarding process and they enter in like their connection information into where their data lives. And then shortly within uh, a little bit of time, they're then able to access their data through our platform and conduct an analysis. Generally speaking, it can be as short as a few minutes to help product teams get access to and begin understanding how their customers are interacting with their data.
0: And as you've been working on this, you know, I, I have to guess you, you, you know, you work with a lot of different parties, you know, you work with like customers and you have employees and things like that. And I I think that sometimes it's hard to know where to spend your time when you're getting pulled in so many different directions. So a question I have for you is how do you know what to, when you wake up, you know, when you woke up today, other than knowing you're doing this podcast, like, how do you know how to spend your time? I mean, ultimately, how do you know what to focus on day to day when like this changes? It's a moving goalpost every day for a founder.
1: So, you know, that's a great question, you know, as a founder and corresponding to different stages of the business, my role changes. When we first launched the company, I had started very heavily and focusing on helping build our initial prototype, our initial MVP. As time shifted there and we sort of achieved product market fit, I shifted more to operationalizing and scaling. As we've gotten bigger now and we've brought on people Um, in those roles, in operations roles and so on, I have found now that my time has shifted much more back to helping to build our product and execute on our product vision. You know, Every founder will tell you effectively what's great about starting a company and also want to be horrible about starting a company is that you have to sort of be a jack of all trades at different stages of the business. And I I love that aspect. And that's why I've been doing service for so long. It's just I Every day can be something different, Um, but what I love about it is that I can see very tangibly how the areas that I focus on make progress with our business, and that's very satisfying.
0: And then, you know, you mentioned you've done two companies or at least two companies before this. Um, wh- what have been some learnings that you've had this third time around? You know, not every company is the same, right? There's, I'm sure there's things you've had to learn as, as any entrepreneur does. What what have you learned this time around? And, um, you know, about either the market, building products, the, the market, you know, what, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's almost overwhelming how many things that I've done wrong in the past that I've learned from to do better. I think if I sort of zoom up my collective experience, what I would sort of tell myself 10 years ago is that, it's, and I would tell this to any startup founder, which is that it's really important to trust your gut. There's a lot of information out there on the internet about best practice and startups do this, are successful. And all of that stuff is valuable to sort of put into your mental model from a decision-making process. But at the end of the day, if you're sort of founder in a certain industry in a certain ecosystem, nobody is going to know that ecosystem better than you. No one's going to know your business and what you've tried and what works better than what you do. And, you know, I've been very lucky in that I've had great mentors along the way to help guide me. But at the end of the day, my gut has proven to be right more often than not. And I wish in retrospect, I had had more confidence to follow my own instincts in terms of the decisions that I make. Um, And then the second one I would say is, you know, more often than not, you look at a lot of decisions that are in front of you as very consequential. You think, oh, I mean, now we have this big decision and either we go left or we go right. And, you know, it's it's you know, it's putting us on this path and we have to make the right choice. And you end up spending a lot of time deliberating about that decision. And the other point I've learned is that it's really just important to be decisive. You know, it's much better to make a quick decision and be wrong about it than to spend weeks and weeks and weeks trying to figure out the right answer, only then to make the decision because that lack of time, that indecision is wasteful. And so, you know, the two points I would say is trust your gut and be decisive.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love the, uh, I mean, I love both points, but like the trust in your gut, this is something that even to me, like I'm, I'm early in my overall entrepreneurial journey, but like, even I've looked back on, you know, two, three years ago, I'm like, oh, shoot, you know, I should have trusted my gut more. So I think that's super, super valuable advice. Um, If you were to look out into the future, you know, five, 10, 15 years, what would you say the big vision is for indicative and and what direction are you rowing in as you work on this every day?
1: So, you know, we participate in this data ecosystem and the data ecosystem at large is focused on this notion of how do we, forget about product analytics, how do we take data and help transform that into helping us make better decisions about our businesses. And, you know, there's been a huge transition over the last six months, nine months, Two years, five years, 10 years in terms of making that data easier to use, easier to collect, cheaper to store. You can have a data warehouse today, whereas five, 10 years ago, you had to contact IBM and have a multi-million-dollar contract to have that. The reason I mention all that is that we are still very much at the early stages of utilizing data in terms of the way we describe it. We talk about being data driven. We talk about machine learning, AI. We are still so early on that process. It's obviously impossible for anyone to predict the future. But one thing I'm certain of is that if you look at the trajectory that we are on in terms of abstraction of complex technical tasks associated with leveraging data, those are rapidly, rapidly changing. And I would emphasize that again, when looking at data warehouses. Today, with Snowflake or BigQuery, if you're a two-person startup or if you're a Fortune 500 company, you can have the same quality data infrastructure um, across the board. That wasn't possible just recently. And today, that is creating massive amounts of opportunity around the notion of the data warehouse. There are companies that are being created today that didn't exist six months ago that are allowing any business to do things with data that weren't previously possible. And so I don't know exactly what the world has or what the future has in terms of data, but I can tell you that we are still so early on in terms of what we're doing that I'm incredibly excited and optimistic about where we're going.
0: And in order to kind of get there and ultimately, you know, fulfill what the, what the market needs and then, you know, make division happen, you'll need some help, right? It takes a village to make a startup work. So my question for you is how can the forward-thinking founders listeners help? Are you, you know, are you hiring? Are you raising money? Are you looking for, you know, customers or partners? How Mm -hmm. can we assist?
1: Um, I'd say all of the above all the time. I'd say if you are a company and you want to be able to make better decisions with data around product, um, you should come check us out. Our website is indicative.com. Um, it's really easy to get set up and we have, um, we make it really easy for product teams to figure out how to build better products and help them accelerate their businesses.
0: And then. If, if someone ultimately for my last question, if someone wanted to just like learn more, they dig your Bob, they want to learn more about indicative, just anything of that sort, you know, how, how can they find you on the internet? What's your website? One more time. Do you have social media accounts for you or the company email address? You know, how can someone reach out? Sure. Um, our website is indicative.com. Um, our Twitter handle is get indicative,
1: uh, and me personally, they can reach me at Jeremy at indicative.com.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. It was great meeting you.